Welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast, where we celebrate and promote men and women using their gifts for God's glory. Know someone who is making an impact for God's kingdom using their gifts, talents, and passions? We'd love to meet them. Send us an email at podcast at giftsforglory.com. That's podcast at gifts, the number four, glory.com. And now here is our host, Dave Ebert. Welcome to the Gifts for Glory podcast. I am Dave Ebert. Really excited for this edition of the Gifts for Glory podcast. We are now on Mondays live uh, on our uh, Facebook page, our YouTube page. Uh, so thank you for joining us. And also, huge shout out to uh, Creative Motion Network celebrating their one-year anniversary or one-year birthday. I'm not sure. Uh, but the proud mama and papa, Kristen and Kevin Collier, uh, we thank you guys so much for giving so many Christian creatives uh, a platform to share uh, this show uh, other shows like the Maurice Brown shows, Breaking Down the Four Walls. Uh, so I encourage anybody watching, uh, if you're watching on social media, get a Roku device and subscribe for free to the Creative Motion Network uh, where you can get great shows uh, like, as I mentioned, uh, the uh, Maurice Brown show. And you can also see several films starring our guests tonight. Uh, so we'll uh, dive into that in just a moment. So happy birthday, Creative Motion Network. Now, as we get started uh, with tonight, uh, we start each episode uh, with our uh, Devotions with Dave segment. So let's go to that segment uh, tonight as we are going to be reading from uh, Matthew uh, chapter 7, uh, verses uh, 13 and 14. Uh, this is kind of where we left off uh, season two of The Chosen. Uh, for those that watch The Chosen, uh, this is kind of where season two ended. Um, so here we are uh Jesus is speaking here. He says, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow and the road is difficult and only a few will ever find it. Um, So for me, especially lately with some conversations I've had lately and also kind of seeing the way culture is going, we have to realize that the road behind Jesus is not going to be an easy one. He suffered and he paved the way, but the way is not easy. It's a simple decision to choose heaven over hell, to choose God over the the devil. It's a simple choice, but it's not easy. The gate is narrow. And so often, especially in the American church, we're debating about things that define how wide the gate is going to be. And we want to be happy and and enjoy things. And we're forgetting that it's a narrow gate. It's not going to be easy. So I want to encourage you that if you feel that your Christian walk is easy, I'm not judging. I I want you to just take a moment and reevaluate because the gate is going to be narrow. So if it feels easy, if it feels like a breeze, it feels like you're never challenged, like the enemy is never coming at you, take a moment, reevaluate, and see where you're at because... Jesus warned us, you can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. And uh, he was not a rock fan, but he was saying the highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for many who uh, choose that way. And again, it's you choose that way. It's not that God sends people to hell. It's that you've chosen that path. You've chosen the wide gate instead of the narrow gate. So uh, that uh, is our Devotion with Dave segment here on the Gifts for Glory podcast. Uh, Again, coming from uh, Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14. Uh, Now let's introduce our guest. He's a U.S. veteran, having served honorably in Iraq, 
And uh, uh, he's under consideration for the Purple Heart. He's an actor and starred alongside Matt Damon in the 2010 film Green Zone. Uh, his IMDb uh, page is really incredible. He's got a lot of great projects uh, listed there, including several that are on the Creative Motion Network, including the films Wireless, uh, co-starring Josh Murray. And uh, uh, it was also directed by a friend of the show, Christopher Sean Shaw, also the director of Church People. And also another film you got to check out on the Creative Motion Network, For Love of a Fish, a phenomenally powerful film. Uh, maybe not for younger audiences, depending on uh, where they're at. Uh, but it's a really a great film, so check that out. He's also working on uh, with the Colliers uh, as a voice of Jersey Blowfish on the new production, Benny the Barnacle. Again, check out his IMDb page um, and see where you can see or where you might uh, have already seen our guests at this time. So uh, but without further – well, actually, with a little further ado, I want to give you a taste of where you might have seen our guest, Jerry De La Sala. Here is uh, his reel. <laughs> How many stab wounds does it take before someone dies? This I don't know. This is beyond the realm of my experience. But what I do know, Joey, pretty boy, Danelli, you do know what I do know, right? I don't think we should go in yet, Chief. Let's get some... No, 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 no. Let me go in. Jerry, I got no idea what's coming out here. I gotta go right now. Keep comms up and I'll be on fire. Get a second team ready. Chief. Chief, what are we doing? Hey, I'm gonna need his car keys. Freddie, give him your car keys. My keys? Chief, you don't believe this guy, do you? Look, I want to go real low viz on this. I want to take Freddie's car and I want to get maybe one other. If we roll over in there and those Humvees, they're going to see us coming. Hey, you guys ready to go to work? Oh, yeah, Chief. Chief, let me talk to you, please. What? Chief, our mission is here. We can sit around and dig holes all day. I want to get something done. Hey, Sergeant Wilkins, I got to talk to you. We got to go get our prisoner back. Find this guy, Al-Rawi. Let Bethel handle it, please. No, Bethel can't see past the files on his desk. So what, you're going to ring the doorbell now and ask special forces? No, I'm going to use the book and trade up and get some help. What are you talking about? Jerry, why the do we keep coming up empty in all these sites? There has got to be a reason. Chief, we're here to do a job and get home safe. That's all. The reasons don't matter. They matter to me. With all due respect, Chief, I can't go in on this. Understood. I'm going to split the team. I'm going to take my crew plus Sergeant Perry. You report back to Bethel with everyone else. Oh. Stay away, man. I'll do it right now. I will. Steve, look at yourself. Look at these people. Look what you're doing. You're scaring them. You're scaring their kids. Now, you're not going to kill yourself. Not here. Not now. Not ever. Now, just give me the gun. Stay the hell away from me, Joey! What are you going to do, Steve? You're going to shoot a gimp, huh? Is that what you're going to do? Go ahead, shoot me. Finish what the Haji started. Go ahead! Now, you're not gonna kill me, Steve. You know why? Because you saved my life. For what? So that you can come here and shoot me now? I need you to Diddy Mao over to Franks. You understand? No, your cover fire will come at your three. You copy? Check, sir. Roger. One, two, three, move! Move! Just breathe now, Moses. Come on. Sweetie, hey, Cleveland, stay. 
Smitty, you go get him. Smitty! You know he can't do it. I can do it, sir. Are you sure? Yes, sir. All right, Cleveland, then you go. You wash your ass. How long has it been? It's not true. That is one annoying ringtone. That is the kind of ringtone that gets you shot. Oh, by the way, your mother just called. Uh, I love that movie. Um, uh, you can catch that again on Cre uh, Creator Motion Network. Uh, that is wireless. Um, and now I bring in our guest, uh, Jerry De La Sala. Jerry, welcome to the Gift Warrior Podcast. Thank you, Dave. Thank you. Glad to be here. <laughs> and that um, you got some powerful stuff, and it seems like uh, you're a little bit typecast. You know, as a tough guy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've uh, I've run the gamut in film and television throughout my life, where it's uh, it's predominantly been mobsters, marines and thugs so <laughs> if anybody needs any of those uh you know uh, you know and occasionally a blowfish for the colliers but uh <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so funny is i laugh at uh it's interesting my my i'm grateful man i mean uh the lord the lord has blessed me with some uh, great opportunities um uh but you know what's 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 unfortunately forgotten about in a lot of ways is uh and I had this long off Broadway career and mm. I, I just recall how up through the entire nineties, I, I kind of bounced from one off Broadway contract, Shakespearean festival contract to another uh, for over a decade. And, you know, it was in some of the most challenging roles on stage that you could, you could do in front of some serious critics, you know, mm -hmm. and the New York times and whatnot. And, and uh, you know, it's interesting how, uh, the film and television industry just they just you know to make life easy for themselves it's uh and i'm not talking the christian uh, filmmakers it's just yeah. uh you're gonna go with where uh i think where you've you've got a little bit of a, a signature on so uh you know but uh, it's interesting yeah so and, and i think that that's something interesting that and we're gonna dive into that when we get to your uh more about your story and your testimony but um for me just kind of seeing you pop up in, in, on creative motion network and the different things that you've been a part of yeah and kind of knowing a little bit about your story, I thought, oh, after you retired from military, that's when he got into acting. But you've you've been doing this for a while. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah so, yeah. what was your first big off Broadway production? You know, uh, I graduated NYU Tisch, uh, the drama program, um, in '92, and that's when I got my first agent. You know, at a graduate show showcase. Um. um I was a dramatic literature and uh, performance studies major. Um, and I would say by, by 95, um, I had gotten my first off-Broadway contract uh, for a, a very highly budgeted theater row production of Jean Ennui's The Rehearsal. Hmm. Uh, this is a, uh, a rather um, kind of high uh you could say high country you know um 
popular comedy. Um, but you know, the, the dialogue is rich, much like a, a, jo- a George Bernard Shaw play or a Tom Stoppard play. Um, you know, and, um, Ennui was a definitely definitely a leading contemporary of his time back in the fifties when the when the play originally uh, premiered on Broadway. Um, but we were doing a revival in ninety five. It had a a soap opera actress star in it, and uh, I'll never forget that first week of of performances uh, after we opened. Um, uh, you know, I got my first kind of real equity check. You know. It was like 500 bucks. And I was like running around the city, like, Oh my God, I'm the richest. Act. You know, in the way. <laughs> it was just 500 bucks. And I would only get one more after that. And then the show would close. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought I was a millionaire and uh, you know, it was, uh, it was definitely the beginning, um, you know, uh, cause I had done so much off, off Broadway before that. But then after that, you know, my agent started to angle me on contract work that would, you know, send me back to theater row a couple of years later and the New Jersey Shakespeare Fest and um, just doing r- pretty much predominantly theater. Um, and I really didn't start cutting my teeth until on film until 96 when I got my first, my first lead in a, in an independent film. So, yeah. So you, uh, you went to uh, the Tisch program or through the Tisch program at NYU Graduate ninety two. What was the what inspired you to pursue that? Uh, had, had it been an early thing, or did you find it more in high school that you found that you wanted to pursue this? You know, it's funny. Um, I've said this before in, in in past interviews. It's it's it was kind of a thing that happened uh, mistakenly, um, as it usually is. Um, I had been uh, a f- high school football recruit coming out of coming out of um, New Jersey. And, uh, I went to a small state school in, in Union County, New Jersey to begin my college career education. Um, and I wasn't because I came out of high school, sadly, uh, I had academic issues. Um, but nonetheless, I didn't have enough high, uh, GPA for the NCAA at the time to accept me to, to participate in sports. I had to get it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I spent the year, you know, just playing intramural sports and I was slated to show up to, you know, the summer, uh, training camps for the football team at that school. And along the way of that year, I, I had taken, you know, multiple level of electives, you know, from, uh, from poetry to sketch to acting. And I, and I started to gravitate to kind of an artistic expression in my early college years and the acting class really that really revolutionized i guess you could say my interests um and as a young 18 19 year old i i started to pivot towards that to the degree that i i even jumped the plane with the theater kids that summer before training camp and went to london for three weeks and uh saw theater and mm-hmm. you know got to experience London and just the whole hub that that is. And I came back and I was smitten and, um, and the theater director who went on that trip really wanted me to audition for the school play that was coming up for their main stage production. But it went in conflict with the training camp sessions that I had to report to as a, I think the receivers training was like going to happen right along the first rehearsal week. 
so I had to make a decision and I said, you know what? I, I, you know, I wasn't a Christian at the time. Um, but, um, you know, uh, I thought I was, uh, so, so I, uh, I just made a decision, you know, I'm going to go this route and, um, and, uh, you know, I had enough football in my life. Let me, let me try the theater. Um, and the rest is history. I got the part and, you know, I saw the football coach on the, on the campus a couple of weeks later. And he's like, where were you? We were, you know, we were expecting you. And I was like, yeah, you know, I, I got this, I got this play. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> and he looked at me like, Oh God. <laughs> and uh, that was, that was the path I took. So, so you didn't have like a meeting with the coach, like, Hey, by the way, I, I'm going to step away. No, it- no, I was, yeah. <laughs> you know, again, I was 18, 19. So I was just so mm-hmm. laser focused, you know, and, and I forgot about the right. camp and, uh, and, um, and it, you know, it was all for the best actually. Cause mm. um, I just remember from that opening night of that play, you know, onward, it, uh, it kind of set me into the trajectory artistically that, that I would ultimately choose for my career. So, mm. yeah. yeah. Yep. Was there any uh, a pressure or any uh, question from uh, you know your parents at home where they're like, Jerry, what are you doing? We sent you there for football. <laughs> yeah, no, no, they didn't. Uh, I mean, they 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 certainly were there to support me if I were going to continue athletics. I think I think my parents. I'll be honest, to their credit, you know, they were they were a little concerned, but they weren't the type of parents that would um, remove me from the ability to fail. Hmm. Uh, I just remember them saying, well, you know, you can do this all you want. Um, but you know, if the second we see your grades go down, um, then, you know, then we're going to step in. Um, so maintain your GPA, maintain your grades. Um, and you can do whatever you want extracurricular wise. And and that's exactly what I did. Hmm. And because of that, actually, to their credit, I was able to, once I really wanted to do this and go to a conservatory level, like at the level of NYU and audition for it, um, I had a good enough GPA that would meet the standards of a university at that level. Um, so I can transfer. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, that's, you know, that's, that's what I did. They were, my parents were always supportive. Uh, so yeah. Supportive, but with the accountability of, you're not just free to do whatever you're free to do whatever with progress. That's right. It's kind of the, uh, the Reagan philosophy. You trust someone, but you verify. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, I have to verify with my, my, my report card every, every three to six months. And then, you know, good job. You know, then yeah, go, go run in tights as long as you want. So, (laughs) so, so, Yeah. Well, well, that's kind of my life because yeah. you know my parents said run on tights as much as you want, but my tights are pro wrestling tights. So yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Slightly different. Would um, you want to be a, a pro wrestler? Yeah, I uh, spent eight years uh, as a weekend warrior down south, and oh, get out, man. See, that's what I regret being a Northern Yankee because you know we didn't have that. Uh, I, I was a, I was a wrestling fan when I was a kid growing up. I mean, I could. I could probably name the best of them with you, you know, from mm-hmm. the 70s and the 80s. Uh, oh, yeah. But, uh, you know, we didn't have when I went down to Fort Jackson where I trained mm-hmm. um, uh, when I entered the military. Um, I remember, you know, for what little 
uh, you know, uh, time we had internet wise to kind of like, um, tap into the outside world. Um, I just remember how there were all these local kind of, you know, wrestling, uh, events and yeah. things. I was like, man, I never grew up with this. You know, this was not, uh, you know, so I was, I was always kind of like, uh, jealous of that, uh, that the South was really, really yeah. a big fan of it, you know? So, yeah. Absolutely was. That's where I credit most of my improv and uh, acting yeah. training because it's yeah. improv theater in the round. It is. It is. It, it really is. Uh, and you know, it, I mean, I don't know if you, I'm sure you did. You see that uh, that Mickey Work film? Um, oh, the wrestler. Yeah. What a great film, man. Uh, it was. I mean, really it took. Out. I, I, you would know. I mean, the 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 the, the behind the scenes, if you will, of mm-hmm. of the hard life. You know. Um, they they nailed the story. Oh my God! Yeah. I mean, there are, there are guys. I'm like, I know a guy just like that that's doing right, the same thing. Right. Andy Wham. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. It so, put a whole new, it put a whole new perspective of me on the life and the uh, and the and the and the professional behind it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. So with you, you're you graduate in 1992. You're you're hitting off Broadway. Uh, things are starting to pick up in the, this off Broadway. What? caught your eye and what changed the direction of your life to maybe leave that behind and go to the military? Oh, uh, it, it's always an easy answer with that. It's, you know, I was 60 blocks from the world trade center, um, mm-hmm. when nine 11 happened. And, um, you know, I think for, uh, many, uh, Americans and, and certainly New Yorkers, Dave, um, you know, it was a day that um, we talked about how, you know, my life pivoted in one direction, you know, mm-hmm. after I put down the athletic uh, endeavors and went towards the arts. The same happened for me again a second time when that happened because I was able to see it and smell it even, believe it or not, mm. um, in person, you know you know, ground zero, if you will. Um, and it was, um, and, and I really, I liken to think that I was always a patriot, you know, always, but it was never really surfaced or nor was there something in my generation that really like with my grandfather or my, my uncle, my great uncle, you know, for them, because they were part of the world war two generation. Um, I always had these, these stories and these images of them and, family photos, you know, in their uniform. And, you know, my grandfather was a, was a Navy CB and he jumped into battle, you know, mm-hmm. as a CB. My uncle, my uncle Joe was a, you know, a, a Navy shipman who went to Guam. <clears throat> I just didn't, I mean, you just, I didn't think about it because I was, you know, let's be fair. I mean, you know, I, I, I don't think uh, there was a better generation, you know, in this country than them. Mm-hmm. Uh, patriotic wise, self-sacrificing wise, um, you know, we're at this kind of place now, sadly with, uh, you know, guys like you and I and the generation that that's, you know, um, you know, um, younger than us, even where you're, you're really, really in conflict with a, a socialist anti-American kind of American, you know, yeah. citizen and one that maybe adheres to, you know, the true precepts I feel of uh, a constitutional republic, and um, 
when 9-11 happened basically in my backyard, I, I you know, it was it was definitely going to pivot me for a second time as to a new direction in my life. Um, and that's that's exactly what took me out of the game uh, as an actor um, and brought me into service, you know, um, that one event, which, you know, um, was everything, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I bring that up. And um, one of the things that we talked about before we went on air, and you mentioned to me that uh, it's it's uh, providential timing of our interview that today is a um, is an anniversary. Yeah. It's slightly painful, but it's also a day where we want to honor somebody that uh, that you knew well uh, that went over to serve with you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the unit I served with um, was a Reserve Guard outfit out of New, uh, Uniondale, New York. Uh, called the 306 Military Police Battalion. Uh, we were a higher headquarters to a mission that would replace, if you remember, the scandals of 2004 at Abu Ghraib. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So we were the battalion in the unit to go out and remove them and more or less restore America's honor um, and have a successful mission. Um, and it was, you know... Going in, sadly, um, with all of that pressure and that focus, not just by our own higher-ups, but by the enemy, um, it really made it a hotbed tour um, where there was countless small arms fire, you know, grenade launchings and, you know, you know, mortar attacks on the base that we were at doing a detainee operations mission. Um mm-hmm. And uh, one of the lead squad members of my my company was Jimmy McNaughton, who uh, 16 years ago today uh, was uh, killed in action by a, a sniper's bullet. Um, mm. Jimmy's unique um, place in the war, this was April 2nd, I'm sorry, uh, August 2nd, 2005, was that he was a, a New York City uh, NYPD officer in the transit department um and he was officially the first uh kia in theater at that time um uh the fdny had lost its first a couple months prior to jimmy um but um yeah um james mcnaughton would 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 um would be uh killed in action on on um this day 16 years ago so you know it it, uh you know uh, i was there for because ironically i was coming home with a battle buddy literally a week it was a week after he was killed so one of the other great honors apart from serving with him was that because me and my buddy were heading home for leave literally a week after he was killed we were kind of uh we were honored to be a part of by our commander um, uh, of the um, of the funeral pallbearer mission um, when mm. we got home because he was going to be the body was in in route while we were in route as a group of soldiers from his company, you know, heading home for leave. We were given you know um, the task to serve um, during the center reach Long Island where he was from uh, funeral for Jimmy. So. You know, it's where I met the the then commissioner Ray Kelly, um, 
and um and i met the mayor um and it was just you know it was it was a somber but it was um you know it was a you know it was a, it was an eye opening you know experience mm -hmm. um that um I, you know, I, I had experienced a lot of, um, you could say, close calls, you know, mm -hmm. before that had happened. We all did. But, um, you know, I, I think when you lose a fellow soldier, um, you know, it, it sticks with you. And, and yeah. you, really, you really want to honor them by, you know... You know, I think by the measure of which you, you try and make the content of your life thereafter something worth um, uh, worth their sacrifice, you know. Um, yeah. Um, you know, and the Lord, you know, you know, he's uh, he, he's ever omniscient and ahead of us, you know. Um, I uh, I was in a bad place, let's just say spiritually by the time I had deployed mm -hmm. and I could tell you by the time I came back, even though I was in a bad place following, I, 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 I had not seen it at the time, but he was really bringing me back to him, you know, yeah. in a way that, um, only the love and mercy of, of our, of our God can do. Um, and, you know, here I am, you know, uh, you know, I've, uh, I'm doing things that I never expected to do for the Lord that are in a direct way to his glory. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the creative motion network, you know, um, uh, you know, serving in a church, you know, but um, again, I remember from being in that part of the Valley of my life, a literal one, uh, how I can give testimony to him constantly, how he was, he was really bringing me back to a place where I once was as a believer. Yeah. But it had a, uh, you know, uh, honestly just falling away you know um you know it's so i i give him praise for that you know yeah amen yeah and there's a couple of, one of the things I, I i enjoy doing is kind of like going through stories and it's like had you continued to pursue athletics instead right. of theater yeah and this is weird hypotheticals like you could have mm -hmm. gotten injured where you couldn't have ended up serving the military Mm -hmm. There could have been a knee oh, thing yeah. or something. So it's like just watching this, how God works behind the scenes so subtly, he takes you out of, of sports, but you know, you still remain in obviously a physical good shape because you couldn't have just jumped from the stage into the military. Exactly. exactly. And that's a great point. I mean, I, uh, you know, a childhood dream of mine was to be a pro football player. Um, but it was so easily intercepted, if you will, by God mm -hmm. in how he, he, he really has a trajectory for every one of our lives. You know, it, and it, it, they're all important, whether your trajectory is to be a plumber, uh, a whatever. You know, in fact, I look at some of those professions as far more noble than anything I did as an artist or, you know, they, and I mean that I'm not, you know, you know, having done work where you, you know, and I. I kind of do work today in this manner, you know, where you got to really get calluses on your fingers. Um, you know, uh, you know, I've seen sadly, you know, as we all do, certainly as believers, you know, the evils of media of Hollywood, 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm so grateful that God has, you know, sustained these gifts of ours that, you know, are meant for his glory, um, you know, leased out to us. Um, and certainly nothing that we own. Um, he sustained them for, you know, doing things again that, um, you know, are going to, are going to, um, highlight the kingdom, serve the community of faith believers and, and filmmakers. Um, but you know, he, he pivoted my life twice, you know, mm-hmm. I think ultimately, yeah, to, 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 to be a soldier, to be, a uh, a, a person who would, would, would willingly put their hand up, uh, at the age of 32, which, you know, I was not the target number of every recruiter, you know, <laughs> uh, and there was a, there was a big generation of me in my age at that time, 32, 33, that was going in willingly. And it was sort of outweighing the 18 to 25 year olds, um, who were knee deep in PS2 and, you know, Xbox and, mm. um, and, and they were starting to realize the drill sergeants and the recruiters that the, the big target number is the target number that, you know, is above 30, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, but, uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I mean, in explaining how, you know, I had a, a robust off-Broadway career, you know, the stage, unlike film and television, is so athletic, you know, even if you're doing a play where you're sitting and talking for hours, the mind and the body is, as you're trained to learn, your instrument is so engaged that I've done these great plays where it wasn't so physical, but it was enormously, you know, intellectual and, mm-hmm. you know, you know, the, 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 the craft and the technique of having to wed, you know, 50, 60 pages of a script and monologues that go forever, um, is enormously taxing physically, you know, and to, to hit all those notes that you've rehearsed a thousand times. Mm-hmm. And I would walk off stage and man, I, I must've lost three or four pounds per performance. I mean, you know, the, the, the costume was sweating and, you know, um, and those are the plays I'm telling you I did where I was sitting. So, so <laughs> you know, you do a Shakespeare play, you're flying off the rafters, you're getting mm-hmm. stabbed, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, you name it, I did it. Um, and this was the first act. This is the first act. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, if you have a good death scene, you're going to lose some weight. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, I, I was in a profession that even though I rolled into, and it was always athletic, I was always physically minded, even though I rolled into the military at 32. Um, unfortunately, I was um, outpacing a lot of um, 18 year olds or 25 year olds. Um, and that was just my own unique contribution, I guess. Um, mm. You know, um, plus I had an education behind me. So it helped the drill sergeants out from, you know, them having to police their, their, pimple face recruits so, so right, right. <laughs> it was fun it was it was it was hard and fun um but yeah yeah and one of the things i wanted to ask is uh, uh we were talking about uh about your friend uh uh yeah John, uh james mcnaughton yeah james mcnaughton yep. um was he somebody too that jumped in after 9 11 because he was nypd and he jumped in after that yeah yeah uh if i remember jimmy's testimony um you know, he was working in the transit department. Um, he was in his mid twenties. Um, I believe he was twenty eight or twenty nine when he was he was killed. 
Um, yeah, you know, and, you know, I believe he mentioned, you know, like every other civil servant, um, he was mobilized that night, you know, yeah. for whatever, you know, I tried to get down to ground zero as just mm -hmm. a civilian, you know, to do cleanup. Um, right. uh, thankfully, as I look back, I never made it. I got to the blip of the, the, you know, the, the, the war zone, if you will, of the trade center. When I remember everything was smoldering and, you know, the jet fuel wouldn't stop smoldering or being extinguished for at least another month. That's how bad it yeah. was. Yeah. But uh, after standing in line at Javits for, I think it was five hours and getting my stamp of approval or whatever to go down, the mayor had stopped it, Giuliani, and only closed it out to the military. Um, you know, Giuliani had stopped that, you know, and it's for the better. You know, people were kind of tripping over things that, you know, you don't want to talk about, but, you right. know, um, but he, I remember him mentioning, yeah, it was, it was a big precursor, you know, and he had a family of, of NYPD. Mm -hmm. Right. He was from that lineage. Um, um, and um, it was definitely for the most part, you know, we were a New York outfit, you know, I mean, it was certainly beyond personal, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. I think in many ways it was, uh, it was a driving motivator for him to, you know, uh, so, uh, you know, just, you know, we're uh, a month away from uh, the uh, the 20th anniversary of the day it happened. Uh, it it literally is something that we're, we'll feel repercussions for, until Jesus returns, I believe, yeah. because there's still families that have that empty table or that empty chair at the table that still have, mm -hmm. you know, that hole in their heart. Uh, and uh, so for everybody that uh, served that day, the police, the uh uh, the Port Authority and, and people like you, Jerry, that that mm -hmm. jumped in. Uh, I I just want to say thank you. Uh, we we appreciate and we honor you guys. Um, mm -hmm. It's not cliche, although it can sound that way. But there are two people that are that willingly gave their lives for for me as an American. That's the American soldier and Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So well, uh, yeah, you're, you're well. I mean, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, and it, you know, it's funny, Dave. Is uh, I. Uh, I I regret that during the course of me trying to be the best soldier I can be for my company, my unit, my country, in uh, the, the, the myriad of things I had to do, you know, in, in, in a second's notice, um, um, the multiple missions you're a part of. And, you know, sometimes you'll get these real blinders on. Mm -hmm. and, like I was saying, I was in a, a, a pretty bad place where I just, I just really kind of, I, I wouldn't say abandoned, but I just, I forgot about the Lord. You know, he was always in my heart, but I didn't take him into battle as much as I should have, you know? Yeah. Um, and we forget that he is the God of battle, um, you know? He's the Lord of heaven's armies. Yes. <laughs> you know, uh, C.S. Lewis has always said that Christianity is a fighting religion in so many complete ways, mm -hmm. you know? Um, but as I look back, um, um, the battle of our Lord who knew from birth what his destiny was, you know, to go to a cross, 
um, and um, unlike me with my career endeavors, never pivot from that mm-hmm. mission. You know, um, all of these things kind of cascade over me as I look back on my life of, you know, the, the great achievements he has wrought through me. Mm. Um, uh, and I mean that. I don't mean that in a pious kind of, you know, stereotypical. You know, I, I really have been humbled by the Lord in how merciful, how loving. And in the life of Jesus, the sacrifice of Christ, he's been so um, uh, mission ready, you know, yeah. um, and, and um, that, 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 that I think ultimately the, the, the real great lesson is, um, you know, as, as I believe in, in, in one of John MacArthur's sermons, you know, our main purpose for this life, really, if you look at it as believers is one thing, you know, preach the gospel and tell people to repent, you know, um, yeah. There's really no other purpose you're alive for. There's none, you know, uh, not for self-gratification, you know, not for an acting career, you know, uh, which I've put on hold at times for for far better things that have made me a better person, a better man, um, a father, you know. Um, you know, you're you're alive for one reason, and uh, and that's to preach the gospel, tell people to repent, um, you know, because... I mean, our Lord is absolutely loving and merciful. But, you know, the, the scary thing is you read scripture, you know, um, you know, he's not coming back as a lamb. He's <laughs> he's coming back as something far fierce to some and far glorious to others. You know, it's it's just which one do you want to be? You know, which side of it do you want to be on? You know, um, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we've talked a, a lot about faith. And I know that it was uh, in the early 90s, so it's in the midst of your rise on acting. Mm-hmm. So um, how did you get to a point where um, where you decided, yes, I'm all in, I want to follow Jesus? Uh, was it your parents or was it something that happened? You know, um, the Lord crashed into my life early in my, my artistic career as a professional. And I would say a year after I graduated NYU, um, I was it's interesting. I was a part of this, um, at the time, this is 93, this very popular New York city church that would later be revealed as more or less a cult. Hmm. Uh, But they were a performing arts focused church called church of Christ, New York city. Um, I was being witnessed to by a fellow actor member of that church and throughout city church throughout that, um, that winter I was being witnessed to. And, um, and, uh, by May of 93 in a diner in New York city, I, um, I accepted the Lord. And, um, um, when I, realize a couple months later that I was, you know, um, a part of something that wasn't so biblically sound, you know, um, I challenged the, um, the leadership on it. And, um, I had gotten a lot of pastoral support to do so from other churches that, uh, a cousin of mine who was also saved had, had turned me on to, um, 
and they had ultimately said, look, it's up to you to, you know, do whatever you're going to do. But, um, you know, they really helped me get a more sounder view of scripture. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I finally realized after a lot of prayer, you know, this, this does make sense. And the church I'm with right now does not make sense. Um, I challenged them on it and, um, you know, their only response was, you know, you're going to hell. I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> so I said, well, thank you. Uh, and I moved on. Um, I would, uh, very shortly after that, find a young budding redeemer Presbyterian church, which you might be familiar with. It's, it's what Tim Keller runs now. Um, mm. um, and I started to go there in the, in the early to mid nineties. Um, um, I even did some church, um, productions for them, you know, for fundraising or whatnot. Um, the mid nineties. Um, and, uh, it was, it was a great experience in me coming into, a, a more, at least at that time, a more sounder community, you know, mm -hmm. a more enriched community of, you know, of, of believers. I was a young Christian. I was a baby Christian. So I was, I was, I, I couldn't do enough Bible studies, you know, um, um, at one point I even thought about the seminary a little bit. Um, but, um, you know, then when the career goes on, you know, mm -hmm. um, and by 2002, I was in the military. Um, 2001 was nine 11. So, um, yeah. so, um, yeah, that's, that's when I'll never forget. That was, uh, that was my, my, my day of, um, my day of salvation, May of 93 in a diner in New York city, uh, you just, you know, you have that experience, you know, where so much about you is revealed as wretched and so much of what God is and what is meant for us and his intention with us in every way, you know, the spirit, you know, either arrests you or you reject it, you know, and I, mm -hmm. I I completely embraced, uh, you know, yeah. So basically um, that became the third pivot in your life when yeah. the Lord just came crashing in and said, yeah. Hey, yeah. by the way, yeah, I got, I got something for you. Yeah. 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 And you know, being a, a, you know, a New York guy, he, he, he made you an offer you couldn't refuse. <laughs> That's right. That's right. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, it set me apart and it, it was not easy. And in so many ways, um, you know, we always have a lifetime of learning about, about being, about how to get more closer to Christ. And, um, you, it's a lifetime of learning, you know, um, mm -hmm. a, a lifetime of repenting, a lifetime of confessing, a lifetime of uh, hopefully achievement in some ways, um, a lifetime of humbling. Um, but, um, you know, I was raised like most are, uh, certainly within my culture as a Roman Catholic. So, you know, uh, it's definitely uh, the most legalistic next to Greek Orthodoxy in some ways of the faith these days. Um, mm. And again, you know, 
it was a cultural identity, not a relationship. And when the Lord crashed in, he said, no, 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 it's, it's a relationship. And, uh, you know, and in, in a way, the way the Lord has talked about, you know, as scripture talks about when this, the, the, the scales fall away from the eyes of the, right. of the blind man at, 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 uh, at Bethesda, you know, that's, that's what happens to your heart, to your, to your, to your, your whole vision of life and the purpose of life, you know? Um, and that does not come by your own merit, you know? I wasn't looking for it. I wasn't, you know, you know, it was a womanizing young acting buddy, you know, type, you know, um, and, and this whole thing comes crashing in and, and re reorders everything about what you believe in, you know, even though you thought you believed in it, you know, <laughs> um, and you just realize how false you were, you know, so uh, to his praise. Yeah. And the way uh, you're describing it is the, you're always working at it. You're always growing. You're always um, developing. The, yeah. the beauty of the gift of marriage is that it's not just I do and then it's happily ever after. There are moments of growth. There are moments of pain and struggle and trying to be, you know, as a man, a better husband or trying to okay. understand uh, better how to serve your wife. And uh, plenty of repentance and apology as a husband. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can look at my relationship with the Lord in many ways as one where, you know, the failures are only, they're on me. Uh, mm -hmm. um, I'm the one that, you know, stopped reading his Bible. You know, mm -hmm. I'm the one that stopped going to church. I'm the one that started to kind of, you know, I unfortunately swim in the, in the secular world of sin. Mm -hmm. Um, and even though there may have been a faint pilot light on in my, my soul of, you know, um, of faith, it was still a pilot light. And the spirit is the one that, you know, you give all praise to when you look back on your life and all those failures and you realize now, <clears throat> You know, the Holy Spirit was the one that kept interceding for us, as Scripture says. You know, Jesus keeps interceding for us as mm -hmm. believers. No matter how much we fail, he intercedes with us for the Father. Um, because we are a saving, we are of a, a saving faith. And if it's truly a saving faith, you're going to come back to it. You know, you're going to mm -hmm. come back to him. You're going to bend your knee. You're going to fall prostrate you know, like David, um, you know, you, you know, you're going to say how wretched a man am I. And that's a part of what you're explaining. You know, I mean, you marry and hence why we're called the bride of, of, of Christ. You know, I mean, the church is the bride of Christ, the church of believers, you know, mm -hmm. not necessarily the building, but, um, you know, um, the church of believers are in fact, those that will be wedded to him on that great and glorious day. Praise God. Um, you know, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be there with you, brother. And, and you know, yeah. and, you know, uh, maybe he'll replay this this pod for all of the kingdom. But I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's like, uh, yeah, you know, I say that to, you know, my, my you know, me and my wife, we, you know, we, we've been married for, for, for six years now. And, you know, mm. um, we've had our ups and downs, uh, but <laughs> but, uh, you know, we, we you know. You know, we're, we're both in the Lord and um, and I, I try to lead in a way that says, you know, this, you know, when we have struggles, I say, look, this is this is no different than our, 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 our marriage to the Lord. You know, we 
you know, the difference though is, you know, what we make, what failures we make to Christ, you know, we have to own them, you know, mm -hmm. um, we're dealing with a perfect being, right? When you and I make a mistake to each other, you know, you and I are not perfect beings. So, no. you know, so, not at all. um, <laughs> you know, but, uh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's, that's, that's a really, awesome. good, really good point. So, uh, happy sixth anniversary. Uh, my wife oh, and I just celebrated our sixth uh, year in oh, June. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. So, we'll be six. We'll be six. I'm sorry. This October. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. Congrats. Congrats to you. Thank you. And that's the genius of uh, getting married on a year that's uh, a five or a zero. It's very easy to do the math. Yes. <laughs> How long we've been married? Yeah, you can look at it like that. Sure. So you go off uh, uh, to war. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you talked about how you kind of didn't have, you didn't carry the Lord with you, even though he was right behind you the whole way. Yeah, he, he never left you. Uh, what was uh, almost like your second testimony? What was the pivotal moment where he's like, where you realized, okay, I, I've, I've been missing something out here. Or was there a, a I, I think it actually, in all honesty, the weight of everything he had, shielded me from if you will on a physical level you know that could have mm -hmm. easily easily taken me out um you know i had so many convoys or on base experiences where you know um attacks were rendered by the enemy and you know i mean i i you know i look back on and you know i i i think i was in some level of you know, bottoming out, if you will, um, mm -hmm. uh, post deployment, uh, deployment, you know, um, and, uh, you know, a few years went by, um, and, uh, you know, I, I had, I had unexpectedly been given a boost in my film career with green zone, mm -hmm. um, and uh unfortunately bought into that whole thing you know um but that at least brought me out west and i look back after i i had married my wife or right before we were engaged actually this was uh 2014 and um and i realized you know wow man you know I had I had really fallen off the grid with God, and um, and that was when I think when I talked about that pilot light, you know. Mm -hmm. That was when the spirit lit it, and it took all that time, you know, from '05 to '14, sadly, yeah. where I said, "Oh my God," you know, mm. I am a child of the living God, and. Uh, you know, he would not have allowed me to die in that state. He brought me back to him, you know. Um, right. And the overwhelming, you know, uh, you know, waterfall of that 
mercy just came upon me and and I just you know uh I went and got baptized again though I didn't know if I was even baptized complete submersion so I said let me let me put that to bed <laughs> I went and got baptized at the church uh I mean I was a believer um you know sure. I, I firmly believe you don't need to physically baptize yourself to be saved um right. but it is it is the first command of of the Lord um and um um, and so from there, I just, you know, I said, God, I want to devote myself back to you again. And, and, um, and then I met my wife and then we had our daughter and, you know, it's just, it's, you know, it, you just, you just, you just, do you really, you, you can't put it into words how, um, when you understand the weight of that love and, and mercy and, and grace, which is the best word, um, you, you can't not but say to yourself, oh my God, you know, uh, I, I, I am wretched, you know, I'm sinful, um, you know, um, there's, there's no other, there's no other excuse for it, you know, um, without Christ, I, I'm, I'm, I'm dead in my, my trespass. I'm dead, you know? Right. So I, I think that was the pivoting point. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the thing is the, the enemy and there is a real enemy, uh, Satan, the devil, oh. whatever you want to call him, will yeah. use those seasons where you're like, wow, I really blew it uh, for I this number of years or this number of weeks. Yeah. And then he'll pile it on and make you feel like you need to keep that separation even further. Yeah. Uh, where one week one of my biggest regrets was uh, on that point too. I'm glad you brought that up because I was in a place where, I, and by the time I was telling you, uh, the, the spirit had lit that pilot back uh, early, but not for long because I, I was able to, thanks to to the Lord, you know, to put it in its proper place. You know, those those failed uh, moments that could have brought about something. You know, one of mm -hmm. them was green zone. You know. Um, knowing I was a believer, but, but, you know, just wanting to more focus on my performance, I regretted that I didn't have a chance because I had so many, um, to share the Lord with a guy like Matt Damon, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, that I, 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 I failed God in that way, you know, cause it was all about, you know, making sure I can hang with the Oscar winner and, you know, right. and, you know, and give a, a strong performance alongside him and, you know, so this way I don't get left on the cutting room floor, you know, um, and how, how, how selfish that was, you know, you know, I had a golden opportunity there and I, I, I didn't take it, you know, um, but it didn't matter to God because, he, you know, I was, I was going to give a confession and a repentance that was most important to him. Not, not, you know, some movie in Hollywood I did, you know, I mean, you know, I've always looked at green zone as a, as an apex moment of God fulfilling one of a gazillion promises with my life that he had set forth to fulfill. Mm -hmm. You know, we're the ones that fail him on promises, but he never fails us, you know? And one of those promises was, and I remember saying this before I left for boot camp, you know, God, if, if there's something I can do from this experience as a soon to be soldier that I can maybe with the artistic abilities you've given me, wed the two together to serve in one way or another, please allow it to happen. You know, but at that time I didn't know if I was going to wind up dead or right. action or, but I left it there, 
<clears throat> and what did God do? You know, I mean, <laughs> he gave me a, I think it's the most highly budgeted war film in Hollywood history. Um, you know, you know, so. And God is uh, also God. Is God to, you know, he just, you know, he's, you know, people always say to me, well, how is Israel going to be redeemed if they don't believe in, in, in the Messiah? I say, go to your scripture, you know, just go to your scripture. Mm -hmm. He's, he's going to find a way and it is within scripture, you know, um, the best person to divulge in this is Pastor John MacArthur, you know, I mean, the remnant, the the chosen, you know, he doesn't he doesn't offer them something like he offered to us mm -hmm. so that he can take it away. I mean, it's just the, the, the you know, the the uh, the permanence of salvation is final, you know, yeah. you know, because there's a big issue, you know, is, is can somebody lose their salvation? No, if it's a permanent, true salvation, you know, um, right. um so um yeah oh. and and i was gonna just gonna add that god is a god of redemption for whatever perceived or real failure there may have been in you not being able to witness to matt damon who right now you've got a platform because here you yep. are in the hollywood blockbuster now you've mm -hmm. got doors open to you that maybe you wouldn't have had otherwise and now you're able to share even more so it, it's it's like some. It's like Peter. He denied Jesus three times, yeah. but became the yes. the rock upon which he built yeah. his church. Yes. And I think it goes to that heart, you know. Um, I've had some, you know, challenging debates with people who say, "Well, you know, what's the difference between Peter and Judas?" And you know, it's coming from a secularist's perspective, a non-believer's perspective, mm -hmm. you know. And I always go to, you know. Um, I always go to the verse where it, is, it, it talks about how, you know, God favored David because he was a man after his own heart. And that's yeah. the key. You know, Peter is of a whole different pendulum, obviously, than Judas, because Peter, it was about the heart. You know, mm -hmm. what he did out of fear was not his heart. You know, what Judas did out of 30 shekels was in a way that it, the Lord was not in his heart, you know? Right. It was not, as John MacArthur has said, when you really want to try and um, focus on centering your, 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 your fellowship around other, you know, like-minded believers, ask them, what's your treasure? You know, what is your treasure in this life? And if the first word out of their mouth isn't Jesus Christ, you know, you, you got something to, to, to kind of pause at, you know, mm -hmm. um, and that is the truth. You know, I mean, it, for Peter, it was the Lord in every way for Judas. It was, you know, it was money, you know, and whatever, you know, uh, you know, so it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a world of a difference, you know, a moment of weakness or a moment of failure is different than a lifestyle of choosing yeah. that. Yes. yes. 30 shekels, which if you break it down historically is, <laughs> you know, what he sold out the Lord for was, was a joke, even in that currency of the time, mm -hmm. you know, um, you know, um, 
it's about the heart. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Well, Jerry, um, the, uh, the hour has flown by. We got two segments wow. to wrap up with. <laughs> okay. Um, I, I have a feeling we could do three hours just yes. because yeah, yeah. I didn't even, we didn't even dive into how the green zone happened with just that it did happen. So, oh, okay. Yes, yes, yes. Um, it happened basically in one way or another. I could say this real quick. Uh, I was working in security at the time and I was kind of out of the business. Mm-hmm. And like I told you about the Lord fulfills his promises. Um, even when you're not looking, he moved so many chess pieces to make me absolutely in the room that I needed to be in at that time. And uh, he, as Marlon Brando said in the Godfather, made me enough. I couldn't refuse Davey. So. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So, yeah. So that's how that happened. That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, we have two final segments. Uh, okay. The final, final segment, I'll let that marinate in the back of your mind, is I ask you your wise counsel for anybody that wants to use their gifts or talents or passions for God's glory. Mm-hmm. So think about what your wise counsel might be. Uh, in the meantime, we have seven random questions that wouldn't have otherwise fit in the interview, and we okay. call this segment uh, the interrogation. <laughs> Uh oh. <laughs> so the uh, first question. I know you are a fit guy. I know that uh, physical fitness is, is your number one thing, or is one of your number one things. Used to um, be. Used to. Okay, be. I'll, okay. I'll pretend. <laughs> so, so it's cheat day. Uh, uh, what are you reaching for? It's kind of cheat day, Dave. Every other day, um, but <laughs> on the big cheat day, I'm gonna reach for the uh, I'm going to reach for the uh, Rocky Road. <laughs> mm. There you go. Hagendas Rocky Road. Yeah. Ooh, Hagendas. One scoop, one scoop. But it's a really big scoop. <laughs> so <laughs> That's why you have a snow shovel in LA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Question number two. Um, I know that you're out West, but uh, where in the U.S. would you most like to live? I'm so glad you asked this question um, because it's in my thoughts being a a Californian. Um, uh, You know, for once, brother, I would like to live in a red state. Hmm. I have never lived in a red state in my entire life. I was born in Jersey. You know where that is. Lived in New York. God knows where that is. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> at, at insult to injury i moved to california uh you know uh a state that wants to secede itself into the pacific because it's so ashamed of this horrible country um i i think the number one state that i want to move to if not tennessee is florida yeah yep yep yeah i i'm right behind you uh if the lord opens that door yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> it's a great so, yeah. Other than me, uh, who or what cracks you up? Oh God. Um uh, Sebastian Maniscalco, you know him? Oh yeah, stand up. Yeah, he's hilarious. He's not the cleanest guy, so right. don't don't bring your kids in front of him. I don't know why though. He has some clean segments, and mm-hmm. those are the only ones I watch. Um, and he's real funny. And the other guy is, I think, because he's a comic 
genius. Anybody that can do what he does without words has to be innately funny. And that's Mr. Bean. Oh, Oh, my God. Because, you know, if you think about it, his whole shtick for years was just these kind of like improv scenarios or scripted scenarios. And there wasn't an ounce of dialogue. Mm -hmm. So, you what are you going to be laughing at? Well, you're going to be laughing at, you know, just circumstances and, you know, uh, performance inflection. That's very hard. Yeah. uh, As an ex-improv guy myself. So. Yep. Question number four. If you could, uh, what's something you wish you could go back and do over? Um, other than Green Zone and witnessing to Matt Damon? <laughs> uh, you know, at the end of the day, I have to say uh, the regrets that I have or I'm sorry, that I had. I wish that I could have the wisdom that the Lord provided me that I didn't need to have them, you know? Mm. Um, Because none of it mattered when you really break it down that they were not Christ-centered. So, you know, if you have regrets in this life, ask, what are they about? What are they for? Um, and sometimes I felt like I wasted a lot of time, you know, on regretting something that wasn't about Christ, you know, mm-hmm. you know, at least if you regret failing the Lord about something, that's the spirit in you and it's going to bring you back to the Lord, you know, but if you're stewing over somebody or something or some acting job or some, something stupid like that, you're wasting time. It, you know, it's, it's meaningless, you know? The difference between uh, condemnation and conviction. Mm. Exactly. Exactly. One brings you closer to the God, to God, and one will drive you further away. That's absolutely right. Absolutely. Next question, uh, number five: With whom do you most identify in Scripture? Oh, is this uh, Old Testament as well as New, or is it uh... full Scripture? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um... God. (laughs) <laughs> it's like there's 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 like so many parts of uh paul and so many parts of peter um mm-hmm. but the question was who do you most identify with in scripture um i i'd like to say paul yeah 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 i do Good. Yeah. yeah number six uh what keeps you up at night You know, I'm a father of a five-year-old, uh, yeah. and I'm, you know, let's just say I'm in my fifties, Dave. <laughs> so, <laughs> young, young fifties. We don't uh, want to tell anybody. Yeah, right. Yeah, just, just whoever. <laughs> I really want to see her um, in a way that the Lord um, blesses us with as a family but i really want to see my daughter receive christ um Mm. i honestly think that's the most important thing right now more important than if i were to see her get married and you know marry her off you know you know uh i I want to see her truly have i pray you know i I can't there's nothing i can do about it it's up to you know it's up to god it's up to her um um but uh 
you know, uh, I, I got to live a few more years to hopefully have that shot. And, you know, you, you could say that kind of keeps me up, you know. All right. So, yeah. But I trust the Lord. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, final question. A dream role and who plays opposite? Ah, well, hopefully it's not a mobster. Um, <laughs> uh, fire three. Right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh man, dream rolling. Who plays opposite you? Um, you know what I've been praying about? Seriously. Um, and he's in the community, brother. He's he's knee deep in it. Um, just an actor I've watched throughout my life, and I just I just. I'm just really in, in, in respect to his, his gifts, but he's a full blown Christian now. And that's John Voight. Um, yeah. I mean, he's, he's really, you know, he's, he's got this Roe v. Wade movie that that's coming out or Mm -hmm. already. Yeah. He's, he's one of the, the corrupt judges. I think that, um, that spun that verdict back in 73, Mm. but he's in the faith-based community of filmmaking now. And, you know, uh, the dream role would be anything opposite him, you know, really that would, could be anything. Nice. Um, I play a broom sweeper, you know, for about five seconds. If I could, you know, just <laughs> say, hi. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean like a, a lead or something with, with John Boyd. Yeah. Yeah. That would be a pleasure. All right. So uh, Christopher Sean Shaw, I know that you're watching it, either the replay Make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> Even if it's for one second. We got a screenplay that, you know, uh, we did a, a, a table read for, I told you, on a Zoom, and it went really well. So um, so maybe maybe that's the one. There we go. Yeah. All right. Well, Jerry, the uh, final, final question is, for anyone that's looking to step up, use their gifts for God's glory, uh, what would your wise counsel be for that person? Um, I would I would, number one, just say, always remind yourself, why are you doing this? But mostly, for whom? Hmm. Um, that's where you got to always uh, examine yourself daily and whatever that, that, that gift is. And it is truly scriptural that, you know, when we come into the Lord, he bequeaths us with special gifts for the purpose of our unique course in life from that moment on of, of salvation to serve the kingdom. Um, uh, you know, it's right there in scripture, you know, um, you know, um, but you know, it may take a while to find what that gift is, you know, um, or it may be so clear and, and crystal in the moment you're, you're saved that this is the route. Just, you know, do what I, you know, be better than what I did, you know, uh, initially where, you know, um, I, I kind of forgot my calling. Um, 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 always remind yourself daily, what am I doing this for? And most importantly, who am I doing this for? You're doing it for the Lord. Um, um, and anything after that, you know, is small potatoes, you know, uh, because the God of the universe, um, has called you out to do it. So it, it's going to happen, you know, I mean, um, just 
focus on living a godly path in that process, you know, Hmm. Um, because, you know, he, he has every right and he does um, to examine us, to check us, to see how we're going to behave in the moments where that, that, that goal that you have with those gifts or maybe being thrown a, you know, a little bit of a, a curveball, you know, um, you know, you know, uh, you know, thank God in so many ways that we, you know, we, we, we believe in the real God, Dave, you know, mm-hmm. we don't believe in this kind of, you know, uh, prosperity preaching, you know, mythological fantasy where, you know, you, you know, uh, God, it was hilarious. Cause John MacArthur said this in a, in a sermon, he's like, you know, Joel Osteen, <laughs> <laughs> You know, has one of his books out now that says, I think the title was Your Best Life Now. Mm. Okay. So MacArthur said that right there should be a dead giveaway that, um, you know, <laughs> this is not holy because right. best life is not supposed to be now. It's supposed to be later. Um, <laughs> this is just a way station, like C.S. Lewis says, you know, where if you take Christ, you get, you get, you get the kingdom of heaven and earth thrown in. If mm-hmm. you take you know, if you don't take Christ, you get neither and then you get hell. So, you know, um, yeah, just just always give praise that uh, God's going to get done. Just, um, just keep that focus, though, you know, while you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. Good word. Yeah. For me, uh, when I saw Joel Osteen's book, The Power of I Am, and okay. it was not about the great I am. Right. Uh, that, that, that was uh, a giant right, like right right so, uh, yeah well well jerry go. it's it's been a blast like i said we could probably talk for a couple more hours but uh, you true. you got a a five-year-old you want to get to before yeah. she goes to bed and uh, right, right. i've got some cats that are begging for attention <laughs> um but uh jerry it's been a blast i, I absolutely appreciate you oh, your man. heart uh, I love uh, I love your work, man. Uh, the love of a fish is phenomenal. Um, mm-hmm. You and Josh Murray play well off each other in that one and in Wireless. You're gonna do. Uh, you're gonna get an interview with Josh, man. He's a great guy. You gotta you gotta get him on. He's a great guy. He's, great He's guy. one of those that's on the to do list. It, it, it's it, it's so easy to fill it up. It's like I'm already booked through October. Okay. And it's All like, right. yeah. oh my gosh, I forgot this guy or I forgot this girl and. And then people are emailing like, "Hey, aren't we going to do a show?" I'm like, "Yeah, we will." Hit him up, man. He's a, he's a great guy. He's got a lot of great things going on too. So he's a good buddy. And yeah, that's a that's a great little gem of a, of a TV pilot. So we're we're proud of it. So yeah. uh, it's a TV pilot. It was. It was originally produced as such. You know, because it's okay. thirty minutes, so mm-hmm. it's kind of exceeded that um, short film realm. Yeah. Um, and we had intended to get backing off of this version for a a second episode. But uh, it just never happened. But maybe in the divine providence of the Lord, that's that was meant to be, obviously. So you know, we're, we're we're proud of it. It's a it's a great little flick, you know. Yeah. So. It's really cool. Like once a month, it seems like it pops back up on the top ten of Creative Motion. Yeah, so, yeah. Somebody's I don't know if it's. <laughs> I don't know if it's that more people are finding it, or if Josh is just getting bored and he just watches it a couple more times to get it back. <laughs> We'll have to find out. Yeah. Know? But uh, yeah. yeah. That may be his interrogation question. How many times have you watched? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. 
Yeah, you know, that's the thing I won the award too for the, mm-hmm. the, the CMN community. So uh, I'm really appreciative of Kristen and Kevin for uh, they're such fans of it too. So, so yeah. Yeah. God bless you, brother. I hope we meet someday in person and and we share absolutely. The- Yep, absolutely. So uh, before I let our audience go, just want to real quick uh, promote uh, next week. We're going to have um, uh, even uh, more celebrities coming up. Uh, we got uh, Cammy and uh, uh, BJ Arnett are coming on uh, talking about Vindication Season 2 and their film, uh, Don't Say My Name, uh, which is supposed to be released last year. But uh, the, the global thing happened. Um, but uh, Jerry, on this, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I kind of warned you on this. It's like, oh, it's like, yeah. Hi. Say hi, baby. Say hi. <laughs> That's Aaliyah. So say hi, right. hi, Aaliyah. Okay. Great to meet you, Dave. You God too. Bless you, God, God bless, bless, brother. All right. Take care and thanks, everybody, for watching. We'll see you next week. Amen. Oh,